I'm Stephen, he's Chris, and this is Mobile Arcade Club, a show where we take a look at games from Apple Arcade each episode and talk about what works, what doesn't, and hopefully let you know if it's something you might want to try. On this episode, I hit the forest of nuts, a surveillance mystery, and Chris takes in the farming story of wildflowers. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Mobile Arcade Club. On this episode, we're looking at Nuts, a surveillance mystery, and Wild Flowers, a farming game with a witchy twist. But we'll start off with Nuts, and Stephen, of the two of us, you were the one going a bit nuts. Please describe. I went yeah. absolutely nuts over the weekend, so I, I spent... A little while, I've been playing this game little bit by little bit, but I decided yesterday I want to actually totally finish this game, so I'm full bottle on it for the podcast, and man, I went a little bit nuts doing so, but let's start at the beginning. Uh, so Nuts, a Surveillance Mystery uh, by June Paul Much. Cha and Tolfi. I don't know if I've said that correctly. It looks like they're a, a distributed team out of a Reykjavik, Montreal, Berlin, and Copenhagen. Um, yeah, a device, a diverse group of folks there. And they've made a, a narrative puzzly kind of game about following squirrels with cameras to see where they go, essentially. Um, yeah, so you you play as a researcher who's conducting a survey in an area where a property developer is going to develop property, build some massive building, a resort or something like that. Um a little bit like Alba, which I've been playing for a previous episode. where And yeah, you're essentially trying to confirm whether or not there are the sort of native creatures that have this place as their, as their home, their habitat, to see if you can basically stop these giant corporations from destroying and putting up a parking lot, as the song says. So essentially you are put, you start out in, your, in the story in this sort of caravan, you're given this little bit of a mission to go collect everything, oh, sorry, to, to uh, collect photos of the squirrels. Uh, and you sort of spend, a, there's a bit of a day-night cycle. You spend the day unpacking, setting up your cameras, trying to guess where the squirrels will be and put your camera somewhere where they will actually see them. And then you start recording and go to nighttime and see what you can see on the cameras, basically. And you sort of look at what the camera recorded. Uh, you can fast forward, rewind, all that sort of jazz to see where they went and sort of catch them where they left your view and use that knowledge to start the next day with moving your cameras to where you think they're going to be uh, the next night and use that to gradually get closer and closer to their horde of nuts. And, yeah, that's really the... The core gameplay that's part of this whole thing pretty well for the whole time. It's um, it does have some some interesting variety in in the story that's somehow told through following squirrels with cameras. But yeah, that's uh, that's the core thing. It's a little bit of a, a puzzle, bit of trial and error, and yeah, eventually you find the yeah, the nuts that they're hiding and potentially some more mysteries. Question mark. Question mark. Indeed. Going back to the. Themes of nuts, a surveillance mystery. Like you said, it wasn't that long ago that you were playing Alba, a wildlife adventure, and there was a lot of themes about gathering petitions to stop, you know, this massive property development, ruining nature, and that sort of thing. Obviously, thematically similar to nuts, but also very reminiscent of Sneaky Sasquatch. So there's there's mm. a lot of continuing themes here with uh, a few of these animal and nature-themed Apple Arcade games. And 
I, w- I won't discuss too much, but I do know we, we've discussed an interest in sussing out uh, Gibbon, uh, a recent game on Apple Arcade, which also looks at sort of nature and ecology and that sort of stuff as well. So how how did you find Nuts sort of, how deep did it go in terms of delving into to these themes and into into its narrative? It's hard to say without giving away too much story-wise, but it was it was quite serious and, dare I say, sort of adult mature in the way that it dealt with these themes. It's, I guess Alba is a bit more of a, a family, child-friendly environmental story, and this one, without saying too much, gets into some politics of corporate uh, law and stuff, all the, the horrible stuff that you, that you expect maybe an environmental activist might run into when they're trying to butt up against giant corporations with lawyers and an unlimited sum of money. And yeah, it it does, it really leads into where the story goes. It kind of, it does get fairly deep and you'll have some really interesting twists and turns throughout the, throughout your time out in this particular forest. Um, But that story, I think it makes some very interesting or has some very interesting twists, but i felt that it didn't really close some of the story uh, beats that it opened, I guess. It's hard to say too much without giving it away, but I sort of finished the game feeling like there was another chapter that might have been at the end or it it left things very open-ended, I guess, which you might enjoy. I generally enjoy an ending that's up to interpretation, but I found this one almost a bit too open to interpretation. It had all these exciting twists going on and then... I just don't feel like it concluded many of them in a way that I enjoyed, I guess. But either way, I had a lot of good fun sort of on the way getting through that story. It was a, a gripping enough story that I felt like I kept wanting to to play and see it through to the end for sure. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that certainly stands out with Nuts just by looking at the screenshots and with me having not even played it is that it does have a very distinct art direction and very distinct visual style. So talk us through how this game looks and how that plays into to the gameplay. It's probably easier to to see a screenshot. So I'll likely have a screenshot as the show art for this section to to really make it quite clear. But it's it's a very, very striking visual style. It's sort of everything is all in shades of I think usually a maximum of two colours at any point in time. So you'll have one shade that kind of is your general environment and sorry, one color of various shades that's your general environment. And then another color that generally is assigned to interactable objects, like your cameras, the phone in the caravan, things like that. Mm. And it's, it's in a way that I thought might sort of when looking at screenshots, I thought it might make it difficult to, to interpret what's actually going on in the environment. If everything is the same color, it seems like it might be hard to read, but I definitely felt that the, the shading that they did and the outlining of particular objects really, made that not to be a problem and just sort of made it a a super striking visual style, essentially. Yeah. And what do you think would be the the best platform to play a game like Nuts on? Is it the sort of game that is comfortably playable on a touchscreen, say for an iPhone or an iPad, or is this something that is begging for controller use? It's interesting because I I essentially played this with about every platform that I could with an Apple Arcade subscription. And it's also interesting that this is on a lot of other platforms. So it's on Nintendo Switch and PC. So that sort of 
would indicate to me that it should be pretty well um, suited to a controller, a mouse keyboard, things like that. I personally found myself really preferring the mouse keyboard way of playing it because it was it's one of those sort of narrative adventure games where to interact with things you sort of point at the specific switch button knob whatever and then sort of click on it grab it and physically manipulate it if that makes sense and I found with a controller that I was sort of struggling to really hit the specific grab point for a lot of these for a lot of these interactable objects so I was overshooting it having to readjust back and forth I don't know if it was a me problem or controls problem it just kind of felt a little bit messy like I couldn't quite do what I wanted to as well as I would like to with a controller I guess and it was a little bit easier interestingly enough with with a touch screen I found because that has a little bit more precision in sort of the pointing and or tapping and dragging lets you have almost mouse-like precision rather than you know, the comparatively clunky control sticks of a controller. Uh, and it also added some useful shortcut buttons. Uh, for example, when you're reviewing your footage of that your cameras have caught overnight, you're able to, there'll be sort of a forward, backward and play button. And they're rather than making you touch the tiny little buttons on your screen, which would be not impossible with my, my fat fingers on an iPhone, it brings up sort of bigger, easier to access buttons for those ones. Whereas with a controller, it kind of made you move a mouse pointer around, which didn't quite vibe with me, I guess. But yeah, it, it's definitely, it's absolutely playable with whichever methods available to you. Touch is perfectly fine. Controller is fine. You might just have the the fine control issues that I did, you might not, but I definitely felt that it was a game suited to maybe chiefly developed for a mouse and a keyboard. Um, and yeah, to me that came through and how much more enjoyable I found it with that particular setup. Mm. And was there anything else that stood out to you uh, about nuts? Obviously you mentioned the story didn't quite conclude in a satisfying way for you obviously some little control quirks, but you navigated them by using mouse and keyboard. But was there anything else that, that stood out, obviously a very striking art style, or is is there something that perhaps you have, haven't mentioned about Nuts that you'd like to touch on? I think specifically I found, even though I didn't feel the story concluded in a way that I found particularly satisfying, I really enjoyed the journey of getting there. It had without giving too much away sort of the you find out at the very beginning of the game that the person who has sent you out on this mission is someone who did a very similar survey back I think it was about 15 years prior to the events of this game and so they have some familiarity with the area and you know just a knowledge of what you're what you're doing in the area that you are that you're doing it in and that leads to some pretty interesting story developments I guess where you know you find something and they're like oh it was different to how I remember it that's they're going to be interesting to deal with. And yeah, I found that the way that they did the story through uh, you, essentially the only people you talk to are over the phone, or it's really just this one person you talk to over the phone, I guess. And the, the way that the story happens to you and them and you find it purely through this phone call is a really interesting way of telling a story I found. And I, I found that pretty engaging. Um, but yeah, other than that, the, I, I quite liked, the squirrels, which makes sense. They're a fairly central uh, part of the appeal of this game. Just the way that they were animated, they all seemed very, they had a cute personality. They all seemed like they had very detailed animations. It was, it, it looked very natural, but also 
I don't know, uh, exaggerated in, it was just really enjoyable to find these squirrels, follow them around. And sometimes when you, you manage to have some small interactions with them, it's just very endearing sort of trying to become friends with a squirrel as much as that's possible to do. So yeah, I definitely think it's something I'd recommend giving a try, regardless of how you're going to play it. I think you'll have a, a decent time doing so. It might, it's something that you need a fair bit of patience for because I found when you're sort of doing the day-night cycle, it's it's a lot of trial and error, really. So you set your cameras up one night, find out where the squirrel goes, set your cameras up to follow along the next night and just go from there. And it can mean that you, if you take risks and move, say, both cameras to where you expect it to be and it doesn't go where you expect it to go, you might you know, lose lose some time or feel like you've wasted some time and that can be a little frustrating depending on your preferences in games but yeah if you've got the if you've got the patience and you've got the you know an appreciation for this kind of story told through a a fairly non-traditional manner I think it's definitely worth a try Mm, and it certainly sounds that it does animal photography in a different way to say you know very well known example being Pokemon Snap where you're on rails and you're following a set path and all the animals or the Pokemon rather follow this, you know, this routine that you can reliably uh, sort of, you know, wait for, or you can influence Mm. that in some way. But yeah, it's an interesting sort of deviation from that formula with something like nuts where, yeah, you're placing those cameras in different locations in the hope that you actually find the things in the first place. And yeah, I guess Pokemon is a bit like a like a theme park ride where where this is a bit more the 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 sequence of events where the squirrels go is repeatable every night. So you're not going to be getting frustrated when a squirrel goes left one night and right the next, but yeah, it does place a lot more of the onus on you to to set up these cameras rather than sort of as you say roll through the the sequence of events the same way every time. Nice one. Well, that is Nuts, a surveillance mystery. And now we'll move on to Wild Flowers by Studio Dry Dock, based out of Melbourne, but is ultimately a worldwide studio because it's a remote studio with people employed all around the world. And Wild Flowers is essentially a farming game with a witchy twist. And before I go into any more detail... I would like to preface that Wildflowers has quickly become one of my absolute favourite Apple Arcade games. Uh, so wow, up with that, the, up that's with, a pretty big call. Yeah, up with the likes of Sneaky Sasquatch, up with the likes of Mini Motorways, up with some of the absolute best that we've played for this show and in our own time as well. So to, to give you a bit of background... I've played a lot of farming life sim games, including the original Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo, which I played that when I was way too young to not realise I had to feed my cow to keep them from <laughs> um, you know, having it taken away from me or whatever. Uh, so obviously I've played a fair bit of Stardew Valley. I've played a lot of the refreshed Story of Season series. Wildflowers, to me, stands out as one of the genre's best because a lot of what it does caters a lot to my personal taste in games, uh, particularly the mm-hmm. farming life sim games, but I think it does a lot of things better or streamlines a lot of the stuff that a lot of farming games do or it 
accept mm. as part of conventions of the genre, whereas Wildflowers is willing to do things a little bit differently or streamline some things in favour of other aspects, which I think makes it a stronger game overall than a lot of its genre counterparts, let's say. So the setup for Wildflowers is very similar to a lot of farming games where you play as a protagonist who escapes the city life to take up a life of farming or comes to a rural area to either inherit a farm from someone or to help someone in a rural area and take over the farm. So in in Wildflowers, you play as Tara, a young woman who's returning to a rural area to care for her grandma and for her neglected farming plot of land because, unfortunately, she's just got to the age where she can't manage it by herself, so it's it's got a bit neglected over time. But the big twist here is that Tara discovers that her grandma and, by extension, herself are witches with magical powers, which generates plenty of interesting mystique to the narrative, which I won't go into detail because this is a very narrative-centric game, a very narrative-heavy game, more so than a lot of farming games. Um A lot of farming games do have stories or side plots or various character stories, which can be quite interesting, but often play a secondary role to the gameplay or a secondary role to, you know, the farming or trying to... Mm, Like the systems part of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas Wildflowers, everything revolves around the narrative Everything serves the narrative and then the narrative by extension serves the gameplay. It's this wonderful marriage of gameplay and narrative which I found clicked with me from the get-go. So I was incredibly impressed right from the outset here. That sounds really intriguing to me because I, as someone who I've enjoyed my share of Harvest Moons and um, Stardew Valleys, I often find them a little bit difficult to begin with without having a Sherpa or a guide letting me know what I should be doing to begin with. And it sounds like this game, you know, by virtue of having a, a a fairly central narrative, that might sort of solve that particular, I'm not going to say problem, but preference that I have for, you know, a game that will tell me, not tell me what to do, but sort of give me a, a guide as to what I should be doing at any moment in time. And yeah, that's that's very intriguing to me. It's it's such a great point, and, and it is one I'll touch on very shortly because a lot of farmer games are very overwhelming because you're given this plot of land or you're given this area to maintain, and with a little bit of guidance or some side quests, which a lot of are optional in a lot of these games, other than that, you're given free reign to spend your time how you want, maintain your land how you want, plant whatever you want, and it can be very overwhelming if you're new to the genre or perhaps haven't played in a while, and it's it's quite a lot to get your head around. So one thing that Wildflowers does retain from the genre is there's a lot of the activities that are central to farming games that are still here in Wildflowers. So you spend your days, which are, are timed, I think, I think I remember reading that each day goes for about seven minutes of real time. Uh, so it's it's something that's very easily played in short bursts, although mm. it's the sort of game I found playing for 
big chunks uh, <laughs> at a time because it is quite an engaging gameplay loop and interesting story as well. But so through, throughout these days, you interact with residents, you grow crops and complete various requests. But a lot of the requests, as I alluded to earlier, are linked to the story and very very important for progression of the gameplay and the narrative as well. So time does progress a little bit differently. So like I said, the days follow a set cycle, which is very standard for the genre. However, and I won't spoil anything here, the in-game seasons are linked to main story beats. And there's a reason for that, of which I won't go into detail, but it means that you do have time to take your time and plant a bunch of spring crops or plant a bunch of things that are specific to a season or do X, Y, and Z and not have to worry about, oh goodness, it's about to become summer. I'm going to lose all the crops that I planted or I mistimed mm. my my planting and foraging and that sort of thing. So that's where one of the things that I really like about Wildflowers is that it's an excellent starting point for people interested in starting farming games or wanting a farming game where there's a little bit less time pressure on what you're doing. So, and of course, there's obviously the the days, but aside from that, you've still got a lot of time, a lot of flexibility in terms of how you spend sort of your sequence of days. Uh, So, because of the narrative-driven nature of Wildflowers, it's very quest-driven by nature. But there's still plenty of depth and independence to the gameplay. Uh, I would just say that perhaps from what I've played, it doesn't go into the mm. same level of complexity and depth as, say, Stardew Valley does with you know, the sheer variety of crops and makers and that sort of stuff available. But I think what wildflowers does is it sort of funnels you a bit better in the opening stages in terms of it gives you greater direction so okay you open with let's plant these crops and we're going to do x y and z or speak to this group of specific residents because they have importance to the plot and they will serve you in specific ways going forward so it really takes you step by step through here's what you have to do, here's why things are the way they are mm. all along the way while you're able to develop relationships with these uh, with these residents and plant things and still have a bit of flexibility to make money, earn money, fish, do crops, make friends with animals and that sort of thing. All the, all the wonderful things in farming life sim games, but I really, really appreciate the greater direction and greater link between your in-game actions, your gameplay actions, and the story, which I found really, really gravitating and really interesting. Because one thing that Wildflowers does, I think it excels in and it tackles Mm. themes that perhaps a lot of farming games don't. I do recall a lot of character sort of side stories in Stardew Valley as dealing with some real-life stuff that did resonate with a lot of people, but ultimately a lot of that wasn't 
key to the story or was only revealed if you developed relationships with specific characters and then Mm. earned enough hearts to unlock a specific character scene or that sort of thing. But one thing that Wildflowers does is that it isn't afraid to discuss a lot of the, the difficulties in life and a lot of the barriers that people face in day-to-day lives due to various, you know, real-life aspects. And it does this with more nuance and it does this with a, a lot more um, a lot more detail than a lot of other life sims I've played. So, for example, and without giving too much away, the, mm-hmm. the witch sort of coven or the, the witch group in Wildflowers does cause a bit of conflict because there are people who are fearful of witches and what's a a natural human response to fearing something is to sort of inadvertently discriminate against them or say say harmful things about them and that that forms a key conflict in wildflowers and that's interesting in how it's sort of presented in a way that it's still a very lovely, beautiful, cozy game to play, but it, mm. it deals with it deals with themes of discrimination or family or you know interpersonal conflicts with a lot of sensitivity. So I think you can still have a really lovely and cozy time, but you're also getting to experience firsthand you know what some other people go through. Um, and what one thing it does really well through this is the whole thing is fully voiced. So all the dialogue is fully voice acted by a really strong cast of voice actors as well. I think there are, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but there are some who have provided voices for characters in the likes of Apex Legends and, and that sort of stuff. So we're talking with voice actors who have worked with large developers, large publishers and that sort of thing. And I recently interviewed... Amanda Schofield for mm. a, a separate podcast. So Amanda is the the founder and creative director of Studio Drydock, the developer of Wildflowers, and she explained that it was really thanks to Apple's investment and Apple taking on the publisher role of Wildflowers that they were actually able to get the full voice acting, whereas a lot of other games just wouldn't have the budget or the resources to do this. And it does such a great job in fleshing out these characters and making them feel like such fully realized people. And I think Amanda mentioned as well that the the character Bibles, so essentially the documents with all of the details on who the characters are, what their personalities are, who what they like, what they dislike, what drives them, what motivates them. The character Bibles for all the characters, I think, ended up being over a combined 150 pages. So they went to a lot of effort to make these characters so wonderfully realised. And my goodness, does it show. It shows so well uh, throughout the entire game. It even, it sounds like they've really tried to take advantage of, it is, I guess, a narrative first game where the, the systems of farming and life sim, they form kind of the the structure, the background to it, but it sounds like the narrative is the focus here mm. where you've got the, whereas in other games like you know, Stardew Valley, as we keep talking about, that is a game where it is system, system, systems, and there'll be side stories that you can engage in through those systems, but it's not the 
core gameplay. You could finish the game and not have had a relationship with any character almost, whereas this it is yeah, it is narrative first and the systems are a means to progress that narrative, which is an interesting interesting way of framing the game and it allows them to focus on different things like having these fully realized characters and I guess more in-depth stories than you might have been able to do without it having this kind of focus. Yeah, what you've said reminded me of a YouTube series I saw recently or a YouTuber, the Irish content creator known as Call Me Kevin, who recently did a series a little while ago about playing Stardew Valley or trying to play a full calendar year of Stardew Valley without leaving the farmland. Or I think he allowed himself one day a season to go shopping, but other than that, he'd spend the whole time on the plot of land. And that is legitimately a way you can play Stardew Valley. Uh, It's Mm. not a way that perhaps I would play or derive enjoyment from, but you can absolutely do it. Uh, Whereas Wildflowers, it's not really a viable option here because of how much you need to interact with people as part of the game. And there's such wonderful diversity in the characters as well. There's a great mix of characters in terms of cultural backgrounds, people of colour. There's fantastic LGBTQIA plus representation as well. And that's something that's just dealt with in such a natural way that, you know, these these people are who they are and they happen to be gay or bi or uh, wherever on the spectrum they they may lie. So they've they've done a wonderful job there. And there's lots of lovely little cinematic flourishes as well. So in cutscenes or when you're interacting with characters, there's purposefully framed shots to really capture their you know, wonderfully animated expressions and that sort of stuff, which also adds life to the wonderful writing, the wonderful voice acting, and just the, the beautiful presentation of wildflowers in general. And I, I'd describe the characters, they've got these cute almost Disney Pixar styled character designs where they're they're all very, very pretty looking. There are all these cute character designs and they've got these big wide eyes like you you Ah, see in in a lot of sort of modern Western animation styles. And I think it really really looks great here in in Wildflowers. And again, I just love how all of the, the gameplay systems and all of the other elements of a game from the soundtrack to voice acting to the visuals as well it just all Mm. complements one another so beautifully to make this wonderfully cohesive vision whole and it's such a joy to play as well goodness yeah you weren't kidding when you said at the start it was one of your favorites i i don't know that i've heard you talk so thoroughly positively about almost anything before this is uh yeah, got me very excited to give this a try. It's well and truly got the Chris. Uh, <laughs> you uh, Chris you make me sound like a, a grouchy old man who's never satisfied by anything. But I, I just suppose... absolutely grumpy. Yeah, all the time, <laughs> except while playing Wildflowers. That is your one joy in life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nothing, nothing else. I've derived enjoyment from ever. But yeah, it's <laughs> I, I do, I do like a lot of games, and I do try and see the, the best in every game or every piece of media that I sort of enjoy. But yeah, Wildflowers just hit a lot of right notes for me and 
I I still feel like I've only scratched the surface. I haven't finished it by any stretch. And it's a game that I'm reliably informed has many hours of gameplay to it. And I've mm-hmm. still got plenty more to go. And it's plenty more that I'm looking forward to playing as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving diving into Wildflowers and unpacking its more, in, uh, more intrigue and mysteries the further I go. Well, that's particularly exciting. So I guess we probably are now at the point where we can talk about the the game that you'll be playing alongside Wildflowers over the next couple of weeks for the next episode. Um, what will that be for you? Indeed. So we've had a recent drop of games on Apple Arcade, including some classics and some new stuff, but I'll be revisiting a classic or sort of a revised version of a classic with Alto's Adventure Remastered by Team Alto based out of Toronto and it's billed as an endless snowboarding odyssey. Now, I believe this is one that garnered a lot of accolades and praise in the mid-2010s, roughly, and it's one that I missed the first time around, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the fuss was about and diving into this endless snowboarding odyssey, and just from the screenshots and visuals, it looks utterly gorgeous. Yeah, I'm excited to play that one too as well because I I played the originals back when they came out, but gosh, it's something that I wouldn't mind revisiting. But that will be secondary to my main game for the next episode, which I've chosen to be Gibbon Beyond the Trees from Broken Rules out of Vienna in Austria. They describe it as a hopeful game about the beauty of wilderness and the destructive force of human civilization. So... I sure do pick these environmentally focused storylines for my games, but hey, what can I say? I guess that's just my thing. Absolutely. Whatever resonates with you is all good. So that brings us to the end of another episode of the Mobile Arcade Club. Thank you for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to you all joining and listening in on the next one. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you had fun and maybe found something useful. If you did enjoy the show, we'd love it if you told a mobile game-loving friend about it or gave us a review in Apple Podcasts. It all helps more people find the show. You can follow the show on Twitter, at MArcadeClub, where we'll talk about games from upcoming episodes, and each of us hosts are happy to chat gaming too. Our handles are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next time.